0: Devarim Deuteronomy, Parsha Shoftim. Uh, Shoftim means judges, right? The word Shoftim means judges, and uh, we start in verse eighteen of chapter sixteen. Verse eighteen begins this way: "Judges and officers shall you appoint in all your cities, which Hashem your God gives you for your tribes." And they shall judge the people with righteous judgment. You shall not pervert judgment. You shall not respect someone's presence. You shall not accept a bribe. For the bribe will blind the eyes of the wise. And make just words crooked. Righteousness, righteousness you shall pursue. Or someone will say justice, justice so that you will live and possess the land that Hashem your God gives you. You shall not plant for yourselves an idolatrous tree, any tree, near the altar of Hashem your God that you will make for yourself, and you shall not erect for yourselves a pillar which Hashem your God hates. All right. So, I'm not apt to give my political opinion very much. Number one, because there's already too many opinions floating around. And two, I don't think anybody really cares. But I'm going to give it this morning. And my intention is not to offend anyone at all. My intention is not to attack anyone at all. So if you're already in that defensive mode, get over it because that's you, not me. Okay? Don't look to be offended. Most of you, I can safely say, will agree with the things I have to say. But there's some of you that might not. Whether you're online or or get the wine. No, that's all right. No, that's all right. Um, But as I said, my opinion. You've got one. I've got one. I just happen to have the mic. This is kind of how it works. Right. In my opinion. Excuse me our state government and our federal government are what I can best describe as a dumpster fire. The beginning of this Parsha talks about two different people that Israel was to appoint, two different categories of people. One were Shoftim, judges, and the other were officers, mine says. What do some of y'all say? Judges and what? Officers? Officials, maybe some will say. Right. Well, we know what judges are. What are these officials? What are these officers? Who are these people? They're the law enforcement. <laughs> they're, the, they're the cops of ancient Israel. They're the guard. They're the, they're the ones that would enforce the law. Judges and officers shall you, shall you appoint in all your cities. God gives Israel the right, and we like that rights part. It's my right. What we don't like is the responsibility part. Because with every right, there is a balance called a responsibility in in America we're thank thank God we have the right to free speech that means even speech that i don't like or you don't like or somebody else doesn't like unfortunately that right is slowly being eroded away and let me preface this because i don't talk about this stuff very much i'm not a conspiracy theorist i'm not looking for You know, I don't look at every bush and think somebody's trying to take away something. I I don't think that. I don't think that way. I don't live that way. I don't think there's a devil or a demon behind every bush. And I don't think there's a, a socialist politician behind every bush trying to take away my right. I don't think like that. So that's not where this is coming from. But there's a difference in conspiracy theory. And looking with your eyes and seeing patterns and seeing things that are going on. There's a difference between something you dream up and just, just sitting back and quietly, with, hopefully with sober wisdom, and looking at what's happening and examining and making judgments. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. We have the right to say what we want. But you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Because with every right, there is a responsibility. And what we have forgotten, maybe not us, but what many have forgotten in this country, in this state, is that with every right, as much and as strong and as powerful as that right is, there comes a responsibility. Our Constitution begins with inalienable rights that come not from government, but from who? Who? And this is what we love to do. We love to proclaim our God-given rights. Especially as conservatives, of which I am one. I'll make no bones about that. Especially as conservatives. We love to pound the table and talk about our God-given rights. Government didn't give us those rights. God gave us those rights. Great, I'm on board, 100%. But with those God-given rights are also God-given rights responsibilities we love the rights don't really want to focus on the responsibilities so much judges and officers you shall appoint we have the unique privilege in America to vote now I'm not going to spend half an hour on all the, all the stuff about voting I've, I've mentioned my take on voting and all this stuff before is there voter fraud yes how long has there been voter fraud ever since there's been voting this is, Israel has is given this commandment to appoint or elect judges and officers you don't think there was some shenanigans going on in the wilderness a little bit of influence peddling a little bit of scratch your back I'll scratch mine you don't think that was going on these are people they're the nation of Israel they're the covenant people we know that but they're people there's been election fraud since there's been elections just like there's been calories since there's been food it's, it's just part of the system and you can't rebuke the calories out of the food we've tried we've tried many of us have tried unfortunately it doesn't work that way yeah and you can't speak nutrition yeah those things that are as though they are things that are not as though they are yeah yes there is corruption and there is stuff in, in, in the elections however we have the right to vote and we have the responsibility to do so I don't I don't care if you don't think your vote will count. I don't care. That doesn't, that shouldn't even, yeah, but my vote's like yeah, I know. It might not. It might not. But you know what? You have the right, and it has to be balanced with the responsibility. If you don't take responsibility, your right gets taken away. Because they are, they work together. They're two sides of the same coin, two feathers of the same bird. And I look around at people who believe in this country and who believe in the freedoms that we have. So much so that they left their families, they left their children, they left their spouses, they left their home and they went to some other place and they defeated evil before it could even reach our shores. They defeated something that would try to take our rights away before it even came to us. These men and women, these heroes, are so proactive in their belief and their love for this country that they didn't even they didn't sit back and wait for it to get here and then go, now we'll rise up. No, we see it coming and we go hit it where it is so that we can be protected. And we are so spoiled. We are so spoiled in America. We don't even, we don't even realize how spoiled we are the fact that a that a I don't ever never know, is, is it, somebody help me is a trans woman a woman or a man biologically I don't know I can't figure it out, I don't know if they're a, a trans woman is a woman trying to be a man or a man trying to be, I can't, I don't remember anyway what, say it again a man trying to be a woman. Okay, got it. Thank you. Right. Anyway, the fact that they can walk into a store and be mislabeled, because like, you look like what you are, and you sound like what you are, and you act like what you are, and absolutely start, you know, just lose their absolute minds. Somebody fought and died for their right to do that. Now you don't like it. I don't like it. But but somebody fought for that. The fact that people can amass in a group and burn the flag, the symbol of America, that is their right. Somebody fought for their right to do that. Judges and officers, you shall appoint in all your cities. God, we have this idea that, well, God... God you know selects and the New Testament talks about this and the Old Testament talks about this The Tanakh talks about you know God putting in place the leaders that he desires and I believe that's absolutely true but it doesn't work by magic God doesn't just drop people out of heaven God selects and puts leaders in place based on the will of the people we see this over and over and over in scripture. Israel, we want a king. God goes, "No, you don't need a king." Yeah, we want a king like the nations. God goes, "Okay, you can have a king, but not one like the nations." And when Israel was doing well, there were great kings. When Israel started to turn, the kings were corrupt. The king leadership is a reflection of the people. As much as the people are a reflection of the leadership. And we've forgotten that first part a little bit. That our leadership in America reflects the country. God doesn't just drop our leaders out of heaven. We can't pray for good leaders and expect them to just appear. Where do good leaders come from? They come from good homes they come from good churches they come from good backgrounds they come from good stock they come from good decisions they come from accountability and responsibility they they come from they come from little children being raised and reared correctly and making being taught wisdom and and enacting what they've been taught and making good decisions and becoming people of righteousness that's where good leaders come from leaders don't get into office and become good more than likely they go in good and end up corrupt but judges and officers you shall appoint it is our responsibility to appoint who leads us to elect who leads us now, here's where it gets really squirrely, even in the faith community. Because there are people that read the same book and study the same book that we do that believe one type of, of politician is righteous. And, and some of us will read the book and see another type of politician that is righteous. And there, there are two opposites. How? and both say I'm voting I'm voting biblically really and the sad thing is and this is the reality this is going to hurt everybody's feelings the sad reality is that voting Democrat doesn't mean you're voting biblically but neither does voting Republican yeah, right right Jesus is not a Republican not a conservative right the, we, I realized something a year ago or so or maybe even longer than that one of the hardest things for American Christians to do is separate our faith from our patriotism oh this is going to get murky To separate our faith from our patriotism. In other words, some can look at Biden and his administration and say, How in the world can a Christian vote for that? Let's just say, right? Yeah, okay. On the other side, people look at Donald Trump and say, How in the world can a Christian vote for that? And you know what? Both sides have validity. Let's just be completely honest. The fact that you have pictures of Donald Trump and Jesus in the same picture tells us that we I'm not saying most most people are not they don't worship Donald Trump as the Messiah. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is that we we we're supposed to be of a different kingdom. Which doesn't mean we're not loyal to America And love our country and all, all of that But we, we've got that We've got that messed up We can't separate our patriotism From our religion Now Should we be patriotic? Absolutely This country is worth Our, our, our loyalty And our obsession and our passion and it is, it is worth us being loyal to And fighting for its survival It is worth it But this country is not our salvation. It's not Eden. It's not not the land. It's not glory. It's not the the place of his throne. And so we have to understand that we have two different things going on here. We are responsible for who is over us. So a few weeks ago I said something really unpopular. And I believe it, so I'm just going to keep saying it. Again, do I believe there was corruption in the election? Absolutely. Was the election stolen? Maybe so. so. Okay. Yeah, some people believe it absolutely was. There are people that are still holding conferences and doing stuff, proving how it was stolen. Great. Okay, good. What we don't consider, and we better, what we don't consider is maybe... The leaders we have are the leaders the majority of our country wanted. We don't consider that. Maybe in my in my opinion, maybe the dumpster fire of politics that's in Washington right now and that's sitting in the White House, maybe that's what our country wanted. And those of us that didn't want that, maybe now we're the minority. Maybe we've been lulled and we've been spoiled into thinking that we have the majority. Christian values, Judeo-Christian values have the majority in America. That's the way it's been. Do I believe that makes a better America? Absolutely. I think we're proving that right now. But you know what? Maybe the majority of our country doesn't want a religious, a a Judeo-Christian value. Maybe they don't. And maybe now they're starting to vote. And maybe now they're outvoting us. Again, I'm not taking away from election corruption and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying there's another side we have to consider. Because if we stay focused on the idea of election corruption, we may fix the election system, and it may show even more powerfully how in the minority we are. It may be a truer reflection of how in the minority we are it's just a posit I'm throwing out there because there are kids that I've discipled that love God there are, there are kids of other races that I've discipled that love God that love me and Heather that have completely voted and, and now their value system is completely different than anything I ever would have thought their value system is And I'm looking at it going like, what happened? What? This is not the kid I knew. But you know what? They believe in where they are. And they're voting that way, and they're talking that way, and they're pushing that way, and that's just what it is. I think we do ourselves an injustice if we don't at least take that into consideration. Because we are the ones who are responsible for the ones that are are in, in, uh, in judgment and in enforcement over us. He goes on to say, um, and they shall judge the people, it's still verse 18. They shall judge the, judge the people with righteous judgment. So here's a question. How do you know you're electing or appointing someone who's righteous? How do you know? Man, we've been snookered, haven't we? <laughs> we sure have had to obey and switch a lot. Several times. How do you know? How do you know when somebody is, is is going to rule in righteousness and injustice? Well, first of all, what is righteousness and justice? Do you even know what that means? Well, well many of them don't. Many of us don't. And that's why we get into trouble. Because we don't understand. What is what is righteousness? Well, the Sunday school definition that I remember so well is right standing with God. Great. That's 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 first. Got to have that first. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, right? The first of the ten sayings, ten matters. That's the first one. Got to have that right. Right standing with God. The biblical idea. That's great. But righteousness extends to two other places in my mind that we don't consider necessarily. Righteous extends not only between how you stand before God, but also how you stand before others. Listen, there are some Republicans that we've elected that are not righteous people. They may talk the talk and they may, you know, they may say all the things and they may have great photo ops and a great marketing team or publicize publicist or whatever. But the bottom line is they're scoundrels. They're not righteous people. And you say, well, you can't judge their relationship with God. Well, We'll get to that in the next few minutes. We, and they're not good but there's a third area that we consider even less and that is the relationship to creation at large oh and this is a place where it gets sticky because socio fascist liberal wackos have a climate change religion right right And I say religion because that's exactly what it is. And they accuse conservatives of not caring. But it's so interesting to look at some of these places where there's been rallies and protests. They're destroyed. Look at where God-fearing people have been. Nine times out of ten, it looks better than before they got there. That's the way it should be. So don't talk to me about climate change when you've never spent time out on a pond or a lake. You've never spent time in the woods. You've never spent time. Don't, when you grew up in a con- concrete jungle, don't talk to me about climate. Don't, don't, because I, I grew up in the country, in the woods, I know about climate. And I also know that there's a God, again, who has created everything in cycles. And this creation is an amazing amazing creation so amazing that it's like our own human body it self regulates and you know what it is hotter than when I grew up as a kid it is what happens when your body gets, has a fever what is it doing it's, it's purging right maybe there's some stuff the earth's trying to purge maybe the earth has a fever is trying to purge some stuff this is a part of the way it stays healthy the way it continues in perpetuity to exist just because we're in this spot in time all of history does not revolve around us there are people who may seem righteous towards God they may seem even righteous towards other people but how, are they, how, do they, how do they feel about creation? How are they in relationship to creation? Because I'm going to tell you what, in our Christian world, that's not a big, big deal. In the Jewish world, that is co-equal with your relationship with God and your relationship with people is your relationship to creation, to the earth. In, we need to take a lesson from our Jewish brothers and sisters and we need to learn what it means and most of us know this intrinsically but we need to we need to make sure that we understand what it means that that when we this is why kosher food laws in Judaism were so important this is why in Judaism what we call biblically clean is not a thing it's not a thing well Yeshua ate biblically clean no Yeshua ate kosher. The kosher of His day. Which means that if I just want a hamburger or I just want a steak and I don't care anything about how that animal gave its life to provide that for me. I just want it. My relationship to creation is not very good. You understand that? Oh, you're meddling. Well, I'm not meddling the Torah medals right. if I just if I just want to drive through like I do most of, the, most of the week and just grab some chicken strips or some whatever and I don't care about or consider how that animal gave its life to provide that for me it's just a quick selfish I don't even think about it just feed me feed me Seymour and then I'm off about my business I don't care about that that's an indication of my relationship to creation this is why cash root is so important this is why the understanding I'm not saying you have to start eating kosher tomorrow I'm saying <clears throat> understanding why the difference between biblically clean and kosher is actually really damaging it can be really negative because just if something's biblically clean oh and I can eat cow great I don't care I was slaughtered the Bible says I can eat it just kill it and eat it mm, that's creation That's God's creation. These things are are on the same plane when we talk about righteousness and what righteousness is. They're going to go on in the Parsha. We're not going to read it today. But they go on to say that in times of war, don't cut down any fruit-bearing tree. What the heck is that about? Don't cut down any fruit-bearing tree. Because that's a respect for you're going to need that food. (laughs) And there's a chance that you're going to need it sooner than you think. And there's a respect. It's not only just saving it till you need it. There's a respect for that which nourishes you. That which sustains you. That which keeps you being able to enjoy the freedoms and do the things that God has called you to do. We don't have any respect for it we just kill and eat so righteousness has a lot more to do with so we we were just thinking that we are electing crappy politicians because they're not right with God oh no. no it goes way further than that secondly or whatever this is I don't know let's stop trusting what people say I hate it has to be that way but let's stop trusting what people say I, I don't want to hear I don't want to hear and with all due respect you all know I love you very much I, I really don't, really don't want to hear what you think or what you have to say I mean I'll listen and, I, and I'll engage with you but if it's something really important I don't care what you think I don't want to hear what you say I want to see what you do and what you've done Because that's the real measure of who you are. And when we're looking for someone to elect, to appoint over us, let's be honest. We don't do our research. We don't. We don't. Most Americans don't. We don't know. Most millennials in New York that voted for AOC, they don't know that she was serving coffee the day before she got elected not the day, but she was a barista and I got nothing against baristas. Cool. Like there's some valuable people that work in every sector of our economy. But she's become one of the leaders in, the, in the, the Democratic Party and in Congress. That's kind of scary. Nobody talked about her experience. Nobody talked about it. Nobody talked about any of that stuff. On the other hand, Joe Biden has got tons of experience. 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 We can see his track record and yet still voted him in. We don't do we don't do our research into people's lives. If you are going to step up and say, I'm going to put my name out there to serve the public, then you are saying, in essence, my life is an open book. Test me and see whether I stand up to the test. But we don't do that. We listen to campaign ads or we listen to Fox News throw mud at these people or we listen to CNN throw mud at these people and that's all—that's the only place we are. Fa- Thank you. Facebook is not research. No. The comment section of, of a Facebook post is not research. I'll even go so far as to say YouTube is not research either. There is there is a test for righteousness and that is a person's deeds they are to judge with righteous judgment the thing about righteous judgment and justice is that sometimes those of us that call ourselves righteous we're not going to like righteous judgment because see America's constitution for instance gives us freedom of religion right what does that mean that means the government does not endorse there is no government there's no state religion somebody moves here from another country you couldn't tell them that because when they come into America what do they see scripture on all of our public buildings it looks kind of like America has a state religion Oh, it's so quiet. I love it. And I, I, I agree with that. Yes, let's put the Ten Commandments everywhere. Let's paint it on the road for people to see it when they're driving down. Yeah, I, that would be my, my preference. But what I'm saying is that we, justice according to our constitution, according to the law, is that you can have Quran quotations on government buildings as well. You can have Buddhist, you can have atheist quotations on those, right next to those same scriptures. Do I like that? No, but that's justice. That's equal, that's equal justice under our law. So we have to be big enough as people of a certain faith to understand that we live under a constitution that is not the Bible. The constitution is not scripture. And we have to realize that there's, there's, equal justice means equal justice homosexual marriage is not something I agree with but under our constitution it's hard to argue against it that's our constitution that doesn't say that I'm for homosexual marriage I'm for justice if I want that constitution changed then I better get to work to to attempt to change it in the ways that it needs to be changed If I'm in the majority, great, we'll change it. Then it'll be our way. If I'm in the minority, I have to live with the way it is. This is hard. It's hard. Righteous judgment. And then he goes into talking about bribes. (laughs) Oh, man. Bribery is the economy of politics. It's the economy of politics. It always has been. And until Messiah comes, it always will be. So-and-so contractor, wants a, wants a needs a good, a good job, he bids. Politician goes, that's really, really high. You got it. What the heck? Oh, well, then you come to find out it's so-and-so's brother. Have you ever, have you ever done any kind of... Again, this is not conspiracy wacko stuff, like with a yarn board and all that stuff. But this is just... Seriously, have you ever taken some time... To look at our political leaders that have been in for a long time And just look at their relationships Look at their families Again, not conspiracy It's who they are Look at who they're married to Look at who their in-laws are Look at who their uncles are And all all that kind of stuff This is what feeds the kind of Illuminati conspiracy And all that kind of stuff Because all these people know the same people I've said this before, our politicians are playing a different game than we even know exists. And I've used Nancy Pelosi as an example, but I could use any Republicans, be the same way. They lecture us on how we are to be equality and no racism and, and they hold themselves up as the, the warriors for idealism and justice and all of that kind of stuff. The sickness about that is that they don't live with the same people we live with uh Mitch McConnell the Republican leader Nancy Pelosi same thing they have guards around them and if the, if if they don't want to be around a certain type of people they don't have to be they don't have to be and it's okay because they have security and they get in their armored cars and they drive them to their gated homes behind their walls and they have their servants and their private jets and their whatever and then they stand and they cry and they play like and all this stuff and try to lecture us about values you know what real life is like real life is being in in the line at Walmart that seems like it never is gonna move with an Indian family in front of you and uh, whatever I mean you know, as a white guy, people from different parts of the world, and having to actually live with those people. And they have to live with me, with all of my white idiosyncrasies, and all of their African American idiosyncrasy, and Mexican idiosyncrasy, and Indian, whatever. That's real life. How dare a righteous judge, a righteous politician, lecture us, the real people of this country, about what it means to live together? The irony is that we are living together. We're living together in small communities and large communities all over this country and you know what? It's working. Rose Pine, Deritter, it works. Blacks and whites work together. Black men hold the door open for white women. White men help black mothers with their hands are full with groceries to their car. It works. There is no racism here. Or if there is, we've adapted to it and we have overcome it for the most, the vast most part. So where is all this division coming from? It's coming from outside. It's coming from the very people that don't have to deal with the issues that they are stoking. They're creating issues that they don't even have to live with. Come on. And we, oh, we defend these people with our lives. How sorry are we? Just because there's an R on their name or a D on their name doesn't matter. It's about righteousness and justice. And they're being found out on both sides and it's past time. See, we have a problem in the faith community that we need to get a hold of. That we complain about religious persecution the vaccine is not religious persecution I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings the vaccine is also not the mark of the beast which is a whole nother two hour talk or rant this is not the mark of the beast ladies and gentlemen stop it I'm, so, I'm growing so weary of seeing my Facebook feed, the end is coming The end. we're closer than we've ever been yeah we're closer than we've ever been, you know what because it's a new day, every day we're closer than we've ever been that's just the way time works The mark, the mark of the here's the saddest part about all of this end time mark of the beast stuff is that it's a symptom of how we've been taught to read our Bibles yes. we've been taught to read our Bibles as some kind of code mm-hmm. that, that and future telling crystal ball let's just call it what it is this book for a lot of people is a crystal ball Now, they would never have a crystal ball in their homes, but they got these things lying around. And they treat them the same way. Oh. What do I look for tomorrow? Signs of the times. Here's a sign of the times the people of this earth have rejected God for the most part, it's in chaos. That's what happens when God's not allowed, it's chaos. And then he called some other people that did hear his voice to start repairing this thing Mm -hmm. and start bringing people back to loyalty to God. That's us. And if if that's not happening, it's not God's fault. It's our fault. And for all of my Christian brothers and sisters who I love very much that are just waiting for the the airlift out of here, my God, you're going to be so disappointed. Because heaven is coming to earth. I don't know where you're going but heaven's coming to earth is what the book tells me so so if we want this place to resemble heaven we better get our butts to work cuz we have a lot of it to do with messiah's help what was i talking about <clears throat> righteousness and justice i don't uh, listen how how do we get righteous people in government Well, you know what? It's not a short-term solution. What did you say? Raise right. We raise them. So you know what? There's a good chance that you and I are not going to see very many righteous judges no, in American politics in our lifetime. You know why? We're starting over with a new generation. Exactly. Josiah and Levi, these two young men, Bella and Vivi that are in the... In the these Bethany, these kids, they're, they're the ones... They're the ones that we have to work on. Yeah, we're gonna die in the wilderness. Not right, right, in a sense we're going to die in the wilderness, but Leo, the, these these young these young people these are the these are the ones that are going to have to grow up and take charge and take over and steer this country in the way that is most beneficial for it. And you know what? Here's the thing: the way the most beneficial. Direction for this country may not be a direction I completely and totally agree with. But it's what's best for the country. I wouldn't have agreed with a lot of the stuff that that Israel had to deal with in the Torah. You wouldn't have either. But it's righteous and it's justice because I don't define righteousness and justice and neither do you. He defines righteousness and justice and what that looks like. We raise them let me also say this. Uh, I am convinced. I had this thought several months ago and I mentioned it maybe in a teaching. I'm convinced that we have too many pastors that should have been politicians. Yes. Changed my mind. Yeah. How many How many people... Because listen, what is a, what is a, a judge? What is an officer? What is a... What is a judge of Israel? What is it a judge of the people but a shepherd? They're a shepherd. They're, 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 they're looking for justice between two, two people come with a case and say, we have this dispute. And a judge is looking for the justice and the righteousness and the best for both parties. That's a shepherd. And we've had too many men and women that have grown up in religion and have felt a genuine and true call of God to serve God. And because we have separated religion from politics, the only thing we can tell a young person who is on fire for God is that you need to get in the ministry. You need to be a youth pastor. You need to be singing in the choir. You need to be a music minister. Oh, you can play the piano? You need to be a worship leader. Who says Oh, you have a a love for people and a love for God. You need to go to seminary and be a pastor. What if we started telling those kids, you need to get educated about our government? If you want to serve God, because who were the servants of God in this book that we claim to love? Who were the servants of God? They were the judges. They were the kings. They were the counselors. They were the priests. They were government officials. That's what this book is about. If you didn't realize it, This book is not about common people It's not about you and me That might hurt your feelings Too bad It's what it is This book is not about common Israelites Name me ten just common everyday run of the mill Israelites That this book talks about There may be ten But that's the minority Who is this book talking about In the Tanakh Kings Priests Judges Why? Because they shape the nation they're shaped by the nation. They are shaped because, because this is a kingdom that we're operating in. This is a kingdom. God is about government. And the government shall be on his shoulders. So when we feel the call of God, who is to say that's a call to vocational ministry and not a call to public office? Because I'm telling you what, the church has isolated and segregated itself... Away from the government for so long That we don't have a voice anymore We have our marches And we have our rallies And we have our this and we have our that And the rest of the country is walking by Going like They're not sitting in our churches for sure They're not attending our rallies for sure And they're not hearing our voices And they're not hearing the gospel of the kingdom Because we chose to disengage We chose to get out I said a couple weeks ago, the culture wars. We lost the culture wars forty years ago, sixty years ago. We don't, we think we're fighting the culture wars, and we're and we're, we're just we're just swing, We're just swinging. Going like, man, we're really making a difference. No, no, not really. What if some of these? What if some of these young kids, teenagers, felt the call to serve God and called to, to ministry? And what if there was a different ministry besides in the walls of a church? What if there was a different thing called ministry than missionary work? What if there was a different type of ministry than pastoral ministry? What if government was a ministry? Matter of fact, in a lot of countries, it still is called the ministries of different departments, the ministry of defense, the ministry of state, Whatever. What if we taught our young kids that in order to serve God, it may be not standing behind a pulpit, but it may be in the halls of Congress. I bet we can all think of a pastor that we've known that probably was a good pastor, probably had a good church, probably meant a lot in your life, but man, as a politician, they'd have been, they'd have knocked it out of the park. Maybe the, maybe the church, maybe we've shot our own selves in the foot. Where else do righteous people come from besides faith communities? And we go like, oh, no, you got to be a pastor. You got to box them into these compartments. Why not send them on and go like, oh, yes, go serve God. Run for city council. Run for mayor. Run for senate, state office. Run for, yeah, absolutely. Because here's the thing about how do we know righteous from unrighteous. Not only what people do, but you have to know the people you're electing you have to know them well we don't know them because we're not raising them when you raise leaders you know leaders when you spend time with leaders when you see them develop when you mentor them when you're a part of the communities that mentor them and see them in action you know them you say well yeah but how am I supposed to know you know our our state our our uh, federal congressman from the state or our, our you know senator or whatever How am I supposed to know them? Well, First of all, you see what they've done. You know them. But you know what? They go around the state and speak all the time. When they're in the state. How many times have you gone to listen? Ask a question. Meet with them after. Shake their hand. How many times have you been to a school board meeting? How many times have you been to a city council meeting? Just sat and listened to what was going on. See, I don't understand where we came out with the thought that well, if we huddle in church and we pray and we do our thing here, then the government will be right. That's disconnected. We can't isolate ourselves in buildings called churches or synagogues or whatever and not be involved in city hall meetings and town meetings and parish meetings and all that kind of stuff and think that government's gonna be okay just because God's gonna honor our getting together in church. No, this is what we should be doing this is our worship this is our religious practice this is our duty but you know what we also have a duty to be involved in the in the the people that govern us you appoint you elect and we're not i'm not saying you have to be a politician show up and ask a question like hey the roads around here really suck like what's um what what are we doing about that right hey um this school board thing i don't understand the way some of this stuff works what uh what can we have a discussion about that i tell you what leadership in government from a the the smallest scale city community all the way up to the federal government gets away with what it gets away with because there's nobody in their face because we've disengaged the people that are in their face are starting to sway the squeaky wheel does get the grease I didn't talk about personal judgment sorry because I was ranting too much he ends up talking about in this chapter talking about not printing an idolatrous tree what the heck does an idolatrous tree have to do with government and with judges we see when a judge is unrighteous they're the ones that define righteousness they become gods in a sense hello Watch the news. We got a bunch of demigods. Up there in Washington D.C. That literally think that they can control the world. Literally. This idolatrous tree is the Asherah pole. We talked about in last week's Parsha. Or any tree near the altar of Hashem. Because there's one tree. The Etzchaim, The tree of life. There's one tree. And that signified... By the temple, the altar, the Ark of the Covenant. There's only place for one tree, and that's God's righteousness and justice. Any other tree is a symbol of another God, another leader, another set of values, another set of standards. One tree signified by the sacred space, by the the temple, by the tabernacle. Let me just say a quick, quick thing about judgment. Judgment. Are we to judge? Matthew 7 <clears throat> talks about judgment. And Yeshua says explicitly, Judge not, lest you be judged. Um, what does that mean? What does that mean, not to judge? Here's where it becomes problematic. He doesn't mean when he says "judge not," he doesn't mean don't have an opinion. (laughs) Don't don't have an opinion lest somebody have an opinion about you. Well, you know what? That's gonna be that's the way life works. You know what? It's the way life works. Some of you don't like the way I dress, or don't like the way I talk, or don't like the way I do this or do that or whatever. You know what? That's not a judgment. That's your opinion. And you know what? It's okay to have opinions. But man, you listen to some hyper-grace preachers talk and judgment means you have to think the best about everybody all the time. Like You can have likes and dislikes and opinions and that's not a judgment. So be free from that idea. Period. Yeshua says, judge not lest you be judged. The judgment is about the sentence more than it is about the accusation. You and I don't have that right to, to cast a sentence on someone. We don't have the right to do that. When we do cast a sentence on someone, we usually make sure that that sentence is carried out. In other words, we have a group of friends or a group of people that we kind of click with someone else tries to come into the group that doesn't really fit instead of being opening and giving a little time we cast judgment which is okay you have an opinion you just don't mix That's just natural but then we place a sentence on them that they're not allowed in our group and then we make sure that we make that happen you see the difference I cannot like hanging around a certain group of people, a certain personality cuz sometimes personalities just don't mix. I cannot enjoy and not like being around a certain personality. But when I begin to make sure that that personality is out is less than is minimized and I make ways to make that happen, that's a whole different ball game. I read this in Pirkei Avot which is it's called Ethics of the Fathers and I thought this shed a lot of light on Yeshua's statement um, it says this is Pirkei Avot 4, 7 and 8 it says Rabbi Ishmael his son said he who restrains himself from judgment rids himself of enmity, robbery and false swearing so this idea of judgment is always looking for the negative in people Always looking for the, the. And if you're always looking for the negative in people, what is that really doing? You're always constantly trying to prop yourself up, right? Oh well, her hair, or you know his shoes, or you know their accent, or that, you know whatever. But he whose heart is presumptuous in giving a judicial decision is foolish, wicked, and arrogant. I like the way this is worded because when we take uh, Yeshua's words in Matthew 7 about not judging, we think about judging as one type of thing. But when Judaism talks about judgment, it's talking about legal judgment more than it's talking about ethical or moral judgment. If that makes sense? They're talking about legal. Look, I'll, I've got some good Jewish friends, some of the most judgmental people I've ever met in my life. And according to some of the hyper-grace churches and stuff I've been in, it's almost like, oh, how can you say that about another person as a, as, a, as a Jew? How can you say that? Because they don't think about judgment the same way. When the scripture talks about judgment, it's talking about a legal judgment. When, when God finally judges the earth, every Yom Kippur, when God sits as judge, that's a legal thing. He made a contract with us, a covenant with us, And he's judging to see whether or not we kept the contract. It's a legal thing. It's not an opinion or a preference. Christianity in some sections has made judgment about opinion and preference. And that's not what judgment is about. Judgment is about a legal case. Anyway. uh, Verse 8 says, he used to say, listen, judge not. That sounds like Messiah, right? Judge not. But then he adds a word, judge not alone, for none may judge alone except one. And say not except my view, for they are free, but not you. Judge not alone, for none may judge alone except one. That was so interesting. When we hear Yeshua saying, judge not lest you be judged, what about a little context about Hey, it's not your way or the highway you're not the center of the universe don't judge alone judge in a quorum judge in a group when we have a community we're building a community there's a lot of judgment that has to take place a lot of it the problem so many communities get in fellowships get in is that there's one person the rabbi or the pastor It's his definition of righteous and justice that constitutes the judgment. And so if you don't fit his way, you can't be a part of the fellowship. And that's the wrong way. Don't judge. Don't judge alone. Just adding a little context to Yeshua. What, What this is, this is about having accountability responsibility elders goes back to what i said about politicians the reason why our politicians are not doing what we want them to do is because there's no accountability they're judging alone they're judging alone oh yeah i know there's a hundred of these and 400 whatever these fine but they're judging alone because they're supposed to be representing us but you can have a representative that's not representative and a lot of that is what we have today. And so this judge not, not so much don't have an opinion, don't have a preference, but make sure that you're not the center of the standard for righteousness and justice. Be open to accountability. Be open to to going the way. So takeaways from this, major takeaways from this. Basically is this as people of faith we have to reengage in government if we don't reengage in politics we have to stop complaining period that's the that's the that's the two options reengage and i'm not i'm not saying everybody needs to run for office i'm saying be engaged know what's going on in your community and and it has to start in your community you can't you can't you can't skip You can't skip over Pickering and go straight to United States Congress, right? You You can't skip Fields or Evans and go straight to... It starts in your community with people you know. Because politics is about relationship. Government is about relationship. It's not about power. It's about relationship. When there is no relationship, the default is power. But relationship balances power. It's an accountability to power. Get involved. Get stuck in. If you're not going to do that, then when the politicians make a decision you don't like, don't, don't say a word. Shh. Don't. Don't do it. And for sure, we're not making the name of God look good, which is our number one priority. We're not making the reputation of God look good by the way we're doing things right now. God can't look good in this situation We've got to do better Because our ultimate goal is not having The country run the way we want it That's not our ultimate goal The ultimate goal is not to have everybody in the country Follow the way we say we should follow The ultimate goal in our lives and the lives of every believer Is to make him look good (laughs) We lose track of that Everything else, the house of cards falls The one priority is to make Give him a good reputation Everything in our lives is filtered off of that. So get involved. We've got to raise up leaders. We've got to raise up leaders. We've got to raise up judges who will judge with righteousness and justice. And we've got to make sure that we are people of righteousness and justice, not in name only, but that we can expect our leaders to do stuff that we're not willing to do and be people that we're not willing to be so probably the most political teaching I'll ever do or rant whatever you want to call this I don't know if it qualifies as a teaching probably not definitely qualifies as a sermon whatever it is probably the most political you'll, help, you'll help me get, hear me get um, but I think it's important so um, thank you guys for watching on live stream love you very 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 much we're praying for you pray for us as well hope you have a great week um, and uh, pray your Elul and your season of Teshuvah goes well. Father, we bless you and thank you for this time together. We thank you for um, our brothers and sisters in this community that you're building. I thank you, Father, for, um, for people that we we didn't even know about that now are becoming good friends and, and building relationships, whether that's here in person or whether it's online. Um, people from all over the nation all over the world that are connecting and, and encouraging one another and being uh, being there for one another it's so beautiful and, it, and it's only you that can do things like this so we thank you and bless you for mercy and compassion and father we do lift up um, the nation of Israel and and the IDF and our, our Jewish brothers and sisters um, and father we lift up everyone who is watching today or are listening today who is su- uh, suffering with illness whether it be cancer, heart, diabetes, COVID, whatever it might be, Father, and we lift them up and pray uh, that you be with them, that you give them strength and shalom and healing. And um, we bless you, Father, and look forward to being together again next Shabbat through our incredible and beautiful and necessary Savior, Messiah Yeshua. um, We bless you and we ask these things. Amen and amen.